Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Syed Balki with me. Syed created his first business when he was seven years old. Yes, that's seven. Syed has been uh, doing internet stuff since he was 12. He is an online marketer with design and development experience. His work has been featured in the New York Times, Wired Magazine, Yahoo, just to mention a few. Syed is the founder of WP Beginner, a wildly popular and successful site that provides quality tips, tricks, and hacks for WordPress users. Welcome. Thank you for having me, George. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it, uh, Syed. Uh, let's, let's get into uh, your beginnings in business. I read about you that you have started at seven. Your first business was at age seven. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I started a greeting cards business when I was back in Pakistan because I grew up there. And uh, we have two very popular holidays. And, you know, it, like you have in U.S., people are doing, kids are doing lemonade stands. We have, like, you know, a lot of kids doing greeting cards. So that's what my first business. Anything after that, after seven? Because uh, I think I read about, uh, what was it, uh, 12? Uh, yes. You know, you've been doing stuff online. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy to start that young. Uh, why, what's the, what's the attraction to business at that early age? Um, so one of, one of the big motivation at, at age seven was I saw other people doing it. And, I was, you know, kids were a little older than me. But, you know, it's not, it's not really uncommon for, for you to see, like, a nine-year-old having their own greeting card stand. And that's what the adults would buy from. I have given, a, like, a long talk about this. And I'll try to keep it very short. I saw the power of free with the chips. The, one of the chips brand, they were giving away toys. So I got into the greeting card business. And it went real well and kept on doing it for, and for as long as I was in Pakistan. And then my family moved to um, U.S. when I was 12 years old. And that's when I got into all the internet stuff, buying and selling domain names, building proxy website, arcade websites, getting really involved with the SEO industry, uh, with the web directories and consulting and then blogging and all that. And then later you got into uh, buying and selling domain names, right? Yep. At what age was that and, and how did you get into that business? So that was age 12. I started high school fairly early. I was 12 years old. And I didn't have a lot of friends. You know, I, I was playing a lot of online games at that time. I would, uh, you know, get up in the middle of night and, you know, start playing games. Didn't really have a schedule. Like, you know, my parents weren't very really strict. So one of my cousins says, dude, you wake up in the middle of the night to, um, you know, play games and to collect, you know, earn fake money that the games would have, right? The game points. Why don't you wake up and buy something that have actual value, like expired domain name? And he explained to me the whole concept that, you know, expired domain names expired a certain time. And if you can get it, they can be worth some money. And that's how I really got into it. Do you have like an, a number? Was it just a few domains or did you sell, buy and sell thousands or hundreds of uh, domains? No, at, at, one, at one point I had over 450 domain names. And, okay. um, and then, then after that, I, I slowly started cutting down, selling them as part of bulk packages. And now I, I have like, I think closer to 100, but those are the ones that I like to keep. Okay. So they're not for flipping. They're more of a long-term investment yeah, or potential now, business. Yeah, now they are, yes. Uh, in, the, in the past, they, I, I would like buy and sell, like flip a lot of domain names. I had um, threeletter.us, threeletter.com, threeletter.net, and you know I would flip them. Wow. Yep. Do you think that's a viable business model even today, uh, this 2014? Um, it's 
you know, it's it's more risky, you know, because all a lot of the good domain names are already taken. Unless, mm-hmm. unless you come up with a new industry name that you think is going to be worth money. The, the one thing I always tell about domains is, is it doesn't matter what you think it's worth. It's it's what the buyer is willing to pay you for it, right? Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, you, you'll be sitting on that domain name for a very long time because there's no, you know, the value of it is completely on the end user. Yeah. Yeah. So you have then started. Uh, now we're jumping way forward, but I want to get you know start talking about WP Beginner, which you started in 2009. If is that's correct, right? That's correct. 2009. Yep. So when you started uh, WP Beginner, what were your goals with the site? Was it for business, hobby? Um, what What was your What was your dream about that site or what what, yeah, what so, did you want um, with it i started using wordpress in 2006 and i i had built up a quite a portfolio of clients that i was working with you know build, building their websites using you know either static html or like custom php framework and um at, at one point it just you know came to me that i make more a lot more money when i sign a new client versus keeping long-term retainer clients on like you know maintaining their website especially the small businesses and i i thought to myself what if i could give them wordpress so they don't have to ask me to maintain it or ask one of my staff members to maintain it and um i sent all of them an email and saying hey would you be willing to pay me an upfront fee if i switch you over to wordpress and then you would never have to uh you know pay me again on a monthly retainer and most of them agreed so i switched them all to WordPress only to find that I was getting emails from them again, but it was a different type of email. They were asking me, how do you do this in WordPress and how do you do that in WordPress? I reached out to a bunch of my uh, uh, friends that were consultants and developers uh, and asked them how they were doing it. And most of them had uh, PDFs that they would give out to their clients to learn how to use WordPress and so on. What I, I didn't want that. And the reason for that was because I asked everybody, what was your biggest complaint about this method? And they said, updating them. So I started looking at web-based versions because, you know, if you if you have a site that's powered by WordPress, it would be fairly easy to moderate and manage. There was none. Most of the sites about WordPress were by developers for developers. Nobody was really targeting beginners. And there were some coaches that were, you know, selling the courses for, I think, like $400 to learn WordPress. And I said, well, I'm not going to send my client to somebody who's going to charge them $400 because I just billed them a significant chunk of money. So instead, I decided that there's a huge need in the market, and I started WP Beginner. So did you have to do anything special for WP Beginner to stand out? I mean, we talk about later your Alexa ranking, which is super impressive. But uh, when you started it, um, did you think that you had to do something special, or you just kind of you know added some articles and then see what happens? Uh- um, so WP Beginner was not my first site. So I was very familiar with how the search engines worked, how social media worked. Back then, social media was, you know, a lot of dig and a lot of stumble upon. So I, I, I had fairly decent profiles in, in all those platforms. So I knew exactly what I had to do to grow the business, right, in, in terms of, like, get traffic. Getting traffic wasn't the issue for me, thankfully, because I, I've had so many different sites. But the one thing that, I, that really helped differentiate WP Beginner was that I actively listened to the users. I used the search.twitter.com, and I just like sat there like a hawk on the, the WordPress hashtag. I would check it several times a day to, um, to see what kind of questions people were asking about WordPress. And that's how I got all of my article ideas, because I saw exactly the questions people were looking for. So I know if I gave them that, it would automatically help me stand out and build trust, because somebody, you know, most people would just you know, rant about their problem on Twitter. Somebody actually listened and gave them a solution that that will make sure you stand out. So uh, 
I want to just understand how you did that. So you, you did a search, and then did you respond immediately, or did you develop the content and then say, hey, I have an answer to your question? What was your A little bit of both. There? So if it was, you know, I did a little bit of both when answering the Twitter questions. If the article was something really simple, like too, too simple that it didn't really need an article, I would, I would reply to them in a tweet. But if it was a little bit more complex, I would write about it. If it was too complex that, you know, it, would, it wouldn't really fit the WP beginner type of audience, I would find a resource that, would, that the user would find helpful. So I tried to cater to all of them. Okay, so it was more important to be helpful than just to push people to WP beginner. Exactly. Yes, that, okay. that, that's very important. Like, I didn't always, you know, got the user. There were s several people who were developers that were looking for, you know, questions. And I, I still answered their questions because I had a development background. It was just to be purely helpful. The, the goal wasn't always to bring the user back to WP Beginner. It was to build trust. So I want to talk about your Alexa ranking for WP Beginner. You have about 1,400 uh, the last time I checked, I think a couple of days ago, which is amazing. I mean, some people in the audience may not be very familiar with it, but Google is number one, Facebook is two, Twitter is nine. So to have 1,400 that's out of all websites in the world is just a super impressive uh, accomplishment. What are the reasons for you to reach that, that level of popularity for your website to get that kind of traffic? What were you doing right? Uh, to be quite honest, I, I have very strong reasons to believe that Alexa is flawed. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that, that's mainly because you know I have other websites that get a lot more traffic than WP Beginner and Alexa is not as high as WP Beginner. So I don't... I don't so it's not very accurate, but no, it, I mean, if you have like a 10 million Alexa ranking or a 3 million or, or a few sure. hundred thousand, it kind of gives you kind of an idea, but it's not an exact number, right? Yeah, we so agree it's, on so, that. Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not very accurate at all. Like, it, you know, the, I have higher sites that get more traffic that should be at 1,400 versus WP Beginner. But to answer your question... Um, you know, it, it was just the word of mouth advertising. You know, it, it, I was helping people. People were talking about it. Um, I had decent profile on dig.com, so I would occasionally get my articles to hit the front page of dig, and that, that would instantly bring uh, a good chunk of users, you know, close to sixty to 80,000 uh, people on the website in, in a matter of, like, you know, a few hours as soon as the article would hit front page. So I wasn't new to social media. I, I, did, I did use all of my skills there to get the traffic, but a lot of it was building relationship, trying to be as helpful as possible, and then, you know, let the organic growth begin. And so how long did it take uh, WP Beginner to really take off from 2009? Was it within a matter of months, weeks? I mean, yes, you had experience to, to drive traffic mm -hmm. to it, but was it more of a hockey stick type of growth or yeah. more of a gradual? No, uh, it, was, it, it was very much of a hockey stick growth in the, in the beginning because, um, you know, every time, imagine getting like several articles on the front page of dig.com when it was really powerful. So you're getting like, 80,000 80, people in a day, 100,000 people in a day to a brand new um, website. And that, that, that's what caused the you know, initial, initial big burst of growth. So, and then, um, you know, then the word of mouth started coming in, and then several influencers that started noticing it, and then they started you know, tweeting about it. And then ever since then, the growth has been very steady. So uh, help us out. For those that are starting a new site or a blog, what do they have to do today? You know, 2014, let's say it's just a one-person business. They don't really have uh, people helping them or they don't have a whole lot of time or experience. What do they need to do to set themselves apart from competitor sites and to get traffic? So the, what I would say is find out what your audience is looking for, okay? 
And you can do that by creating your audience profiles, reader profiles, user profiles. There's all the different words for it. Um, and see exactly what they need. Now, start offering what they're looking for, whether they're articles, whether they're you know, podcasts, videos. Next, find out exactly where those users are going to be. Where, which websites do these users go to currently? And then see if you can work out a collaboration deal with them or if you can target them uh, using either advertisement, but also, you know, everybody's on Twitter. It's an open network. You, you can, you know, build relationships that way. Okay. Okay. Uh, you have also co-founded uh, List 25 in 2011, and uh, that site has over 1 million subscribers, uh, subscribers on, on YouTube, which is more than BBC Worldwide. So it, again, it's a very, very impressive uh, number. What do you do right to become one of the top 700 YouTube channels for List 25? Um, so YouTube channel was... Uh pretty good experiment. So we did an experiment and it turned out real well. Uh, to be quite honest, we didn't really do too much special. We just tried to create videos that triggered some kind of emotion. All right. And, and, and then we just based all of our content based on some sort of emotion, whether it was, you know, the huh reaction or the sad reaction or the happy reaction. And we continued to build videos that way. And we would occasionally send emails to like, you know, larger websites that had huge reach, like the Cheeseburger Network and, you know, the New York Times editors. And it was just like, you know, a lot of a lot of sending emails. Oh, we have a video about this. We have a video about this. And occasionally we'll get picked up by one of the publications and that, that would help us, you know, captivate the audience. Our content was good. The video quality might not be the best, but our content was good and it triggered the right emotion in the users. And, um, you know, after that, it was just word of mouth. People started, you know, sharing it. And the type of content that List25 has, has a lot of viral potential when, when it's done right. And, um, and we were able to hit the nail. How, how did you learn to create good content? Was it, was it easy? Did it come to you easy or you had to really work at it? Um, so yeah, obviously I had to do a lot of work on it. it you know, it's, it's Creating good content is not something easy. Even even now, when I hire new writers, I have to train. I have to spend good several months training them. You know, they, uh, yes, they're great writers, but they're not. They don't know how to write for the people. A lot of times, people write for themselves. You have mm -hmm. to understand, you are not your own audience. You have to break it down for whoever your audience is. Imagine if I start writing an article on WP Beginner that caters to me. I would I would alienate 95% of my audience. And that's exactly what all the other, you know, blogs at that time that were about WordPress were doing. It was written by developers, so they were writing for themselves. So they were writing for developers, which is why they, they were only targeting like 2 or 3% of WordPress users. The 97% that are do-it-yourself for businesses weren't getting that. So one, write for your audience. Figure out what your audience needs and then give them that. And if you if you can hit that, then you know it just takes time and practice, and you'll get considerably better and better at it. So, what do you think is the proper way to do SEO in 2014? Is there still such a thing as SEO, or it's really about content creation and content promotion anymore? Um, I mean, good content always trumps um, you know any any dirty black hat trick you can. You know, fine. I'm sure. I'm sure. You, you, if you start doing a research on Google and start following several black hat forums, you can find all the black hat tricks. However, I wouldn't recommend you doing any of that, mainly because black hat is short term. They're short lived. You know, what you you are in right now, and then maybe a week later you'll be kicked out because you were you know manipulating something in Google. So I recommend writing you know good content. You know, make sure your on page SEO is optimized if you're using a WordPress blog or WordPress site, then you can use the WordPress SEO by Yoast plugin. 
you know, configure that and, you know, just keep on writing good content. You can use Scribe Content, which is another plugin that kind of gives you an idea of what your keyword density is. But, you know, you don't really need that. Uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have. It's one of those plugins that's nice to have. But you, mm-hmm. don't, you don't absolutely must have it to create good content. But, you know, just, just focus on your on-page SEO and then, you know, building, start building relationships. You know, if, if like I build a relationship with you and you write a blog post about me and you naturally gave me a backlink, that's a good backlink versus me trying to, you know, force a backlink into a website that's completely unrelated or trying to buy links, which are also, you know, not good. So let's talk about it. You've been in business basically most of your life. Uh, talk about a, a good learning experience, the, the, uh, maybe a big mistake that you have made that our audience could uh, could learn from that you could share with us. Um, I mean, I've made a lot of stupid mistakes. Um, some some of them were not as big, but they were just as detrimental because a lot of stupid mistakes can add up to be a big mistake. One, always keep back. Just because you think you're not gonna have, you're not gonna get hacked, or you're not going to, you need a backup. You will spend the money and and make make backups of your website because I have lost months and months of content because I didn't make a backup. Thankfully, it wasn't on. Like WP Beginner or List 25, it was on one of my older sites. So definitely, definitely make backups. Uh, you know, don't don't try to think too far in advance. A lot of times, people are looking at their five-year plan versus looking at their six-month plan. Because guess what? If you don't execute on your six-month plan or your three-month plan, you're not going to get to the five-year plan that you are, you spend your you know most of your hours planning for. So start building short-term goals. Short-term goals that you can easily evaluate, and those short-term goals should lead to your long-term goals. And when when you can do that, you'll be pretty good. You know the 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 average consensus is that about fifty percent of businesses fail within the first four years in business. Why do you think so many businesses fail? Um, I don't know why every business fail or why some of the business fail, but the general idea that I've seen from people that have reached out to me and you know they started something and didn't follow through. It's because they don't follow through. They're not really passionate about what they're doing. You know, people say, oh, I think I can, I can really kill it in, the, in this particular industry. But maybe you don't know enough about that industry. Maybe you, you're just not that into it. You know, like I am very passionate about WordPress. So I think I can, I can do real well on WordPress. I don't always write on List 25 because I'm not the best suited person to write for List 25. That's why I have my co-founder and I have other, a group of writers who write for it. So not everything can be done by you. And a lot of times, you know, by the time most people start realizing it, um, you know, they, it's too late. How do you deal with the roller coaster ride of being an entrepreneurship? You know, you have been very successful with the sites uh, that we talked about, but I'm sure there have been some downs as well. So, and you've been in business most of your life, so I'm sure you have a lot of ups and downs that you have to deal with. What advice do you have for our audience for dealing with, um, you know, the roller coaster ride, so to speak? Embrace it. You know. It, it, I, 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 I live for the ups and downs. You know, a lot of times when people when people are going towards down, they start, you know, getting putting negative vibes out there and they start discouraging themselves. You know, just take it at one day at a time, look up and keep moving. You know, that what if if you're having a bad day, tomorrow will be better. And that that's the attitude that I've used um and you know, gone through. But, you know, I I, I really enjoy what what I do and, you know, I appreciate what I have right now versus what I could have or what I could have had. So learn, learn to appreciate what you have. What's the best advice you have ever received? 
the best advice that I would ever receive is that, you know, time is the most valuable asset you have and it's also the most expensive teacher. So try to learn from other people's mistakes rather than make, making the same one over and over again by yourself. Okay. What is the most important thing for an entrepreneur to do during the first 12 months of being in business? I ask this because I think the first one year in business is so crucial and a lot of people make a lot of mistakes or maybe they focus on the wrong thing. So based on your business experience, what is your recommendation they should focus on? Um, I've, it's, it's, it's really, really hard to say you know, what, you should, what you should focus on because every entrepreneur, every different business has different needs. But I would say try try to nail down exactly what you're building, what you're creating. A lot of times people say they they want to create something or they kind of have an idea or sort of idea of what they want to create. Nail it down. Nail it down to exactly what you want to build and then build it versus trying to go and like figure out as you're going. What do you think is the biggest time waster for entrepreneurs? <sighs> Distraction. It could be anything. It could be social media. I think – not being organized is the biggest time waster. Um, you know, start start time tracking yourself. Whether you know, wh whether you use something like Rescue Time. I personally use Time Doctor. It, it, you know, take screenshots and and really hold yourself accountable and, and see where you're wasting your time. So, where do you see the biggest opportunities in business today? Uh, you've been in business most of your life. Where do you see are the big opportunities now? I mean, you know, not just something general like online or social media, but do you have anything specific that uh, you've been thinking about or you think is a good good uh, opportunity now? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, you know, I, I'm always a believer that you create your own opportunities. Um, if, if you're talking about which sector is hot right now, e-commerce is fairly hot right now, right? Just, just because uh, I, was, I was looking at one of the numbers the other day, it said uh, – only 6% of all businesses actually have an you know, online presence, like an e-commerce presence. So imagine the 94% that doesn't. It's so I think e-commerce is, is a really big, or it's going to be really big. If it's not already, it's pretty big. Okay. If uh, someone came to you, a friend or a family member that had a job, but they saw your entrepreneurial success, and they say, you know, Saya, teach me, what would be the first thing you would teach that person? to succeed in business, to set them up for success? I probably wouldn't because most of the time when somebody comes to you and say, oh, I see you're successful, I want to be successful, I tell them to go figure out what, what are they trying to accomplish first. Um, I have had several people who have come and do that. But it's, it's not like, what, what does success mean to you? you know, most people don't know that. They just think that you know, this is successful. Just define to yourself what does, success, what does the successful George look like? What does a successful Syed look like? And whatever your name is, you know, determine what is what does success look like to you, and what do you need to get there. And if if that means I need to create uh, a business around this, figure that part out. And once you have that, then come back to me, and then we can work on how how you can get customers, where you should be looking at, what you can do. But a lot of times when people come to you, they they're not really there yet. They, you know, they're they're in the very very early stages. They haven't figured it out all out themselves, and. Quite frankly, I don't think uh, you know helping them figure out what they want to do is, is where I, what I need to do. Okay. Well, Sayad, thank you very much for coming on Success Harbor today to to share your story and um, you know your your wisdom. Basically, I really appreciate it. How can people find out more about you or connect with you? 
You can find me by going to WPBeginner.com. You can follow me on Twitter at WPBeginner or at Syed Balki. Thank you for having me on the show, George. So everybody, go and check out WP Beginner. Syed, thank you and wish you much luck with all your, all your endeavors. Thank you. Thank